I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Feeding Curiosity. As always, I'm your host, Eric Wenzel. And today's podcast, we're going to be joined by Joe Joukowsky, as always, a Long-time guest on the podcast and partner in crime, Joe is home for Thanksgiving, and we kind of just catch up with everything we've been doing in the recent weeks, uh, basically since the Halloween episode that we had, and, you know, we were talking about a lot of this was gym-related or anything project-related with school, so it's kind of just us bullshitting and just, you know, being ourselves, like always. So, nothing too much to say there, and uh, other than that... I appreciate every single one of you because since this is kind of the Thanksgiving episode, I just wanted to say I'm thankful. Uh, many, many of you who listen to this podcast are people I know personally or have come and become guests on this podcast who become friends because of it. And uh, I really appreciate all of the support that I get with this podcast, either as a guest or helping me get guests or just being a guest and just reaching out to me and saying what I'm doing. Um, so with that, everyone, thank you one more time. And... I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Joe Jakowski. Blarg! You gotta stop with that blarg. I don't know, it'd be too. <laughs> <laughs> this is all gonna get cut out. That's okay. No, no, leave it in. <laughs> every, every, At least I didn't say on, we're now we're live. Well, true. now I said it, but. Are we live? Oh, we're live to each other. I'm alive right now. I think you're dead inside. Well, listen, <laughs> as true as that might be, as close to reality as that might seem, alas, I am in fact a breathing human being. I know. After we just murderized ourselves at the gym earlier today. Yeah, we'll see how much longer I'm a breathing. <laughs> well, rather, if you can come out of your bed tomorrow. You know, we had just had turkey coma. Now we're going to have, you know, not functioning legs. Dude, we put that fucking turkey dinner to work. Yeah, we for sure I'll did. Tell you. Should, we, should, we, should you explain the workout? We basically just squatted until we found where we failed at three. Yeah. Which Very powerlifting. Yeah, focused. very powerlifting. Um, ass to grass. Kind of wide, good shit. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And you use smelling salts. Go ahead and explain your experience oh of smelling salts. It wasn't as crazy this time as it was yesterday. You might not have got a big of a whiff. Yeah, probably not. But I was doing shoulder press, dumbbell shoulder press, um, yesterday at the gym. And for the first time in my life, I did the smelling salts thing that you brought. Yeah. And that shit was like, that, it reminded me of wasabi. Mm. It was like that kind of spicy in some sense. It was like, oh. yeah. it like hits you. It's like, like oh. slaps you in the face. You're like, oh, ow, ow. Oh, oh. <laughs> and there's a lot of wasabi in this soy sauce, Jesus. Yeah. And then it was just my eyes were watering. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then I just murdered that. Good form, too. Like, it's I, not sloppy. No, I crushed it. <laughs> 85 pound dumbbells for five. Strict, too. You had the bench up, so that's even harder. Yeah. So, 
I think that's a PR. I'm not sure. Probably. I'd see what I can look, but probably a PR. And I was like, oh, this should work. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, I was super skeptical because I I, I followed, so it's Juju Mufu. Juju Mufu. Which is the best, one of the best Instagram accounts ever. What was that? What was that stupid um, gamer tag on Xbox that when we played Destiny that I heard? Riri Boogaloo! Riri Boogaloo! That shit was funny as fuck. We just, that was Destiny 1, and we just... So we just do the strikes, and we never had a third person. It was just me and you most of the time. So we're like, fuck, we just need a bullet sponge. I was gonna say shield, but it was, it was a sponge. Yeah, we just needed just a sponge. A shield would deflect. This guy just got hit all the Yeah, <laughs> he just took all the bullets that were meant for us. And we would just God revive bless. him. <laughs> like, His name was Riri Boogaloo, and I thought that... It totally caught me off guard. I thought that was the stupidest name in the world. I could I know. So it's and that uh, that turned into like a thing too. Like Riri was like fucking Riri. Yeah, that turned into. <laughs> and you still say it. Big old Riri boo. <laughs> That's what you mean. Like it's just sounds you make just, with your face. That's true. Oh, that is listen. That was all factual. That's scientific. <laughs> but yeah, back to the to the, the spelling salts. I didn't know what the hell. Like all I knew is like I kind of Google it before, and it's like. It's ammonia, you right, know. You got it from what's it? What was his name? Juji Mufu. He's Juji on, Mufu. That's that's, the, that's that, his Instagram yeah. account. But he's he, so his thing is he's the anabolic acrobat. So he's like a power lifter that still can do flips and splits and ridiculous stuff. So he's a freak. He's a, yeah, he's a freak. He any PR is like a lot. He just did like a front squat for like four twenty, I think, Holy earlier God. this week. Front squat. Yeah, I was like. Phew. So beast. I was following. I've been following him for a while, and it's like you know people that don't follow fish. Fit labels, right? When you think of a power lifter, you think of someone who's stiff and you know specific, specific range of motion. Heavy, right? Beasted man. I mean, you think like Thor Bjorsson, uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that guy's that guy's not gonna do a split. <laughs> no, but he's a freak. but he's a giant in his own way. <laughs> so, I just was like, hey, this sounds like a thing to try because I've been doing a pseudo powerlifting type regime for a little while now, and just like, whatever. Let's experiment. Let's have right, fun. Right. <laughs> and then, so, uh, Johnny, who's been on the podcast before, the first day I used it, he, he was like, wait, you have him? Mm-hmm. And he, so he's, like, legitimately doing powerlifting, and his, his Instagram is uh, Lift for Donuts, which is great. And, uh... Side note. Go ahead. I was just perusing Instagram and found, what was it? Weight lifts for donuts. Huh. It was, like, some other person... Totally that's like human being that had like really close to it. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this person like <laughs> tried to tried get to get yeah <coughs> dying. Tried to get lists for donuts and then Johnny stole that shit. Be right from out from under him. Probably because if you're like that close, you're probably like, oh, this would be cool. <gasps> and then that username is taken, and you're like, well, I don't want to put like two at the end or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, and so he tried it that day, and we happened to be doing a bench day for the first time and he was like <gasps> he's like I think he did 315 or something ridiculous and he's like dude that was the easiest shit I've ever done and he like bought it that day before he even left the gym <laughs> you know and so he's got two of them in his bag now and he's been using those for all of his PR shit which is it's so weird like it's it's so subtle because it doesn't last it's like a pre-workout for like a minute yeah you know it's just strange it's like oh I could have yeah. done this 
anyway because your muscles don't magically get fucking bigger. No, yeah, it's like a, it removes a mental blocker. Like yeah. the best way I can explain it, like anecdotally, is like those stories you hear about people who have like superhuman strength. Like there's a loved one trapped underneath a car, and all of a sudden just turn into the Hulk for that thirty seconds, and like I don't know how I did it, but you get that. Basically, it's just an adrenal boost, and you just become freakish for thirty awesome. seconds. Yeah, it's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna get some of this. So I, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like a bit of a weirdo doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm like, I don't see many people doing this. Not at not our gyms because they're not powerlifters. It's 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 something in like, you know, in the intense community that's going to use it. Yeah. Not, not someone at a box gym that we go to that's mainstream. I feel like I, I should probably get my lifts up before I consistently do that. Yeah. Like I have a hard time justifying really using smelling salts until I'm like 315 easy on squat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. But Which I've done. Yeah. But now that I'm doing changing up my form and doing all this ass to grass stuff. So you gotta build it back up. Yeah. Yeah. I dropped like hundred pounds and then worked back up from there. I think that's worth talking about, just in general. Because I don't know if a lot of people realize, at least those who work out, you know, certain people just get in, into modes, right? Just like, well, I'm just gonna chase the number. Right? But yeah. but I but I think there's a point where the chasing the number starts doing detrimental things to yeah. form and things like that. So yeah. like doing what you did is, is, you know, being conscientious enough to be like, okay, let's just back up real quick. That's and what I figured. Cause it, it seemed like, <laughs> it seemed to me that I was getting to the point where I wasn't sure that I was really being strict enough and I, and I didn't have a lifting partner. So like, well, and that makes a lot of sense right there. Yeah. You know? So I was just like, all right, listen, I'm just going to drop this down. Yeah. Start from not square one, but start from, Comfortable, easy, where you right. could do full and, range without worrying about it. Figure out where I'm at and move from there. Yeah. And just be real strict and do it the right way every single time, and make sure that I'm no excuse. You know, I don't want, I don't want to ever like do well on a lift, and then kind of question it and be like, well, my did, form was yeah. exactly. Did I, I did I did I do really the quarter do rep or whatever? Especially for like squat, right? Because it's really easy oh, to yeah. cheat. It's really really easy. To cheat. Especially if you're doing too much weight, you're like, well, I got it. I got it. You know, where you're like go down and go. Like, so I want no ambiguity. That's why I started yeah. being like low as fuck. I'm just like, you know what? If I my if I'm literally touching my ankles with my butt, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm fucking yeah. enough. I think it's good too. Like just from a practice standpoint. Like it, even just like looking at, so like you're doing to the like a powerlifting stuff. So three to five rep rep range. Once yeah. you're go, once you're you know pyramiding upward, um, I think that's a really good thing to do in general because I think the the vast majority of people, at least I think the mainstream is like bodybuilding style where it's like eight to twelve rep, and you kind of lose some a little bit there because you're going too quick and you're just you know, swinging the weight around or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're doing too light of weight, whereas if you do lower rep range, you can think about what you're doing more. Like, maybe you're not doing your maximum, right? You could be doing 70% of your one rep or whatever, but right. that's still easy enough that you can think about the quality of the rep you're getting yeah. without, you know, getting any negativity from, like, being too hot, heavy, right? So yeah. you're kind of quality over quantity. You I can think. focus on the specifics without yeah. like, the without being overpowered by the sheer strain of the thing. Right, exactly. And yeah. that, I think that's really important because for the mass, vast majority of people, it's not about, you know, being at the gym for two and a half hours or whatever. It's about getting in your time, doing doing it right and doing it well enough that you're putting your body in enough stress to 
to grow. To grow. And then, you know, that's just being realistic about it. Because we're not going to be powerlifters. There's a very small percentage. Yeah, like I'm not going to compete. Right. So. There's a very small percentage of us that's going to turn into a competitive athlete via bodybuilding or whatever sport you decide to choose. And weightlifting is just happens to be one of those that is universal at this point. Okay. I did this with deadlift, too, because I had, like, a year and a half ago, maybe, yeah, you were talking about this a little bit. Yeah, I had fucked up my lower back. Like, I think I probably... Oh, yeah. This was, yeah, right around this time last year. No, it was longer. Or was it, it longer? It might have been two years ago. Because I remember, though, you were like... You had, like, a two weeks... You were, like, home, and you're like, fuck, dude, I messed up my back. Like, yeah, you'd come I home... I when, when exactly I did it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, time... So, the whole point was that I was never quite the same with deadlifts, and honestly, I just never that consistent after that. But now I've been, like, really... Getting back to consistency and being super fucking strict with my form mm -hmm. and like perfect every time. Like it does not count unless yeah. it's absolutely perfect. And I had to take a hit to the weight, obviously. And, mm -hmm. But I feel a lot better about it. And like my form's better, I get more out of it. Everything's mm -hmm. just so much, I like it more. I enjoy deadlifting a lot more now. I think a lot of it for me, what I've been doing lately is, is being more mindful of the core in every lift. You know, like you're talking about, is like, you know, the breathe in, right, yeah. for the squat. And I think doing that kind of stuff and just being more aware of, like, you know, mid-lift, just don't let the core tension relax. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of problems come in. Because if you don't keep the tension, your back wants to round and you become looser and all that stuff. And when you can be be able to keep that, you know, it's going to be weird for a while to do that. Because like, oh, you're flexing your abs all the time. It's really good to just do that. Because we, in modern society, because we sit all the time and all that stuff, it's really easy to just keep that stuff loose. Yeah. But that's where a lot of your power comes in, right? Because that's how you translate from lower to upper strength, right? If you're squatting, like you're, you have to translate the weight or the, the power. So that's not, you know, engaged properly. You're never going to be as strong as you could be. Yeah. And it's just, and it's a muscle group that's weird to work, right? It's, like, it's the, yeah, in general. And it's, it's good to make sure that you're using that kind of core strength or focus on that core strength with these types of lifts because if you don't, you might end up fucking hurting yourself. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm super thankful that I've never actually had a major injury. Right now, I do have a little bit of a shoulder thing. I think it's more of an impingement issue than actual then, like, it's problem. Right, right. It's, it was like I was just stretching like behind my head like this, mm -hmm. where, and I'm putting my arm uh, raised above my head and like turning it in too much, so it was like right in the joint, it kind of like clicked over too much. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is that I didn't warm up enough when I tried to do that, and it just like, oop. Like, oh. I'm just like, ow, for a second, and then whatever. But now it's just like tired, but it doesn't hurt. So, yeah, I mean, but those are, the, I mean, I've had stuff like that before, too, with shoulders. I think most people do yeah, <laughs> at some point. One, something like that. Well, it's such a universal joint. <laughs> you're using yeah. it all the goddamn time, especially if you're working out. But, like, you know, because of that, the, the soft tissues don't adapt as quickly because there's no blood flow so then you just have to be aware <laughs> like i was i was feeling shoulders getting tight doing romanian today. yesterday yeah i did this i felt the same thing that's what i think i feel like it's the tiredness is from because the weight's pulling down on the yeah. joint and we did shoulders yesterday but it's just goes yeah. to show that you're you are still using it even moments when you don't think you are. Well, I mean, deadlift is one of those weird ones, right? Where me, 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 me and you, we would cut, we would leave the gym, we get the trap tears with the little micro oh, yeah, micro yeah. tears of blood that are on our shoulders. I'm like, it took me a long time to figure out what the hell that was. I'm like, did I get mauled by something? I didn't. Like, was my shirt scratching me? <laughs> yeah. For a while, I thought it might be the weight of the bar from squatting. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I don't know, because I don't always get them from that. No. It's not like I've stopped squatting. The only thing I can think of is because of the tension of the... Right. As you're holding the weight up, because you kind of keep your arms or your... Yeah, all of the, the chest area kind of locked in place when you're holding that bar. Right. That's... Yeah, I'm probably thinking the same thing. Or that I'm thinking the same thing, that that is the cause, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. The, other than that, like for shoulder rehab stuff, um, the big one for me has been kettlebells, where you hold the kettlebell up, and then you hold the handles pointing down at you. So basically, the the fat part of the weight is above you, mm-hmm. and so that activates your stabilizers. Just holding it up like that, and then you just rotate your wrists back and forth. Do it like ten, five to ten times. So the where that weight is on your shoulders rotate. Yeah, so you're just basically you're rotating the rotator cuff in its the socket and you're and you don't do a heavy weight obviously. You right. do like five to ten pounds or whatever you're comfortable with and just do that with both arms. It's, it's tough now at this point because it's like I really need to start adding in these types of recovery things. Right. Yeah. And I'm like God damn, I do not have time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, if I really want to kill myself at the gym doing what I'm doing now, like, I'd still be pressed for time, especially with school stuff. It's like, I yeah. have to get to the gym, get done, get out, and get back to what I was doing. Yeah, it's kind of like, you almost have to just, like, bake it into your schedule for at least one day and yeah. just be like, recovery, active recovery day. This is, only, you know, no major lifts, just all sorts of, like, soft tissue work, rolling out, sauna. Sauna's amazing, dude. You probably. Like, you, uh, I'm assuming Michigan's got to have a good one. Uh, it depends on the gym. So there's multiple. Yeah, I'm assuming there's multiple yeah, gyms. Michigan, the one that I go to is, like, the shittier one. Okay. It's just closer to my... Right. Which is a shame, because the last year I was closer to the nicer gym. <laughs> I mean, so it works. It doesn't matter. But yeah. They do have a sauna. Yeah, because, you know... It doesn't. It feels like it's adding extra time and stuff like that. But if you just kind of bake it into your schedule, you can just manage it. I think that's part of it. Just being mindful of it. That's like that's why I wear all these wearables now because that's what they track. Realistically, they track recovery as one of the big metrics. You know, and and I think being mindful of that. Like that was one of the biggest shifts. Like I, I told Jordan and a few other guys who've been on this before. I've got to talk about this. Is basically the the idea is that your your nervous system. Like, say we lifted hard, like, today, right? Mm-hmm. What'll happen is maybe I could recover fine. I won't be super, super sore. But it'll. there's a different metric where it looks at H, uh, heart rate variability, which is basically your, your nervous system's recovery. So it's, like, looking at the heart rate or the difference in heart rate between peaks. So, like, every time your heart beats, mm-hmm. there's that time difference between each beat. Okay. And so the lower that number is, the more stressed your body's been under. And the higher number that means, the more body is relaxed and recovered from a neural, neural, uh, neural system. And it's just. It, does it differ from resting heart rate? Like, yes. So how? Uh, inverse. So the lower your resting heart rate, the higher your your HRV would be. Uh, okay. Well, what's the thing that they're so they're 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 measuring the amount. The t- time difference in between, between heartbeats. In between heartbeats, and then they average it over. So could they just? Do resting heart rate? They do. They track both. Okay. They they use both. HRV is not something you would know. Like it's not something you would realize is changing from a day to day basis unless you measured it via these. Because like so, what it winds up telling you is like I could feel great one morning, but then my HRV is like straight down into dumps. Like and it, and it changes like if you drank. So like when we drank on uh, Wednesday, my HRV was really low, even though I slept eight hours. So I had really bad recovery. So it's like it kind of it's measuring, you know, your your actual physical sensation with what your body's telling you, giving you objective with subjective. 
and then you kind of get pattern recognition and be like, oh, if I do these kind of things, my HRV will be better. Does, do they explain what it is about that space in between heartbeats that indicates your recovery? It's the it's just part of the neurosystem, the like your nervous system. The paras is it parasympathetic? Sympathetic. I think it's parasympathetic. It's the unconscious. Yes. Yeah. Stick. It's part of that part of it. So it's like that's just your body's right, auto regulation of the system, and then so it's it's kind of measuring like say you're like in a in a panic state, like in threat response, your HRV is going to start going lower because you're stressed out. You know, it's like flight or flight. So then when you're relaxed and recovered, right, that's going to go that. up. I understand that, but I don't understand what it is about the HRV that indicates health. It's just a day-to-day -day recovery, daily recovery. I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a technical question. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm the wrong person. I'm curious I, if you knew. No, I don't really know. It's relatively new. It's it's relatively new, and the only thing I can that I can say is that it's it's highly personal from person to person. So my average HRV is going to be completely different than your HRV. Huh. O only thing they can say is more is better. So the more from time a, in between heartbeats. Yes. What if it just stops? Then you die. Yeah, but that's a long fucking pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so recovered, dude. You don't even know. You don't know how recovered I am because I'm you fucking know how dead. How relaxed I am right now? I'm fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the podcast gets derailed. <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that. I wish I could talk to someone who's like a leading scientist in this stuff. And I'm actually kind of doing my one of my papers. It's like the scientific method thing I was telling you about with the caffeine one. Mm -hmm. And so Whoop, who I'm wearing their band, they did a study with um, athletes and alcohol. So they had the a athletes wear the bands and then they sectioned off the groups to see whether or not their recovery, their recoveries would change depending on alcohol doses and how many, like what, how many hours post work. Like I got to look at the data again. Do they correlate it with like any real world like progress? So like you have your group that drinks alcohol and they're, yeah, see, I, I, they the, had the people who have the lower HRV or whatever, then you look at how well they perform over like four months. Yeah, they, they did. It was a longer, like, month study, okay. and there's, like, different athletes, like, top-tier university stuff. Okay. So, so, so there was there was good data. That. Yeah. You it track was, that. You check, track the HRV. You look at how well their progress is, and you get a correlation between the two. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember the specific date off the top of my head. I kind of read the, the thing, but I, that's going to be part of my thing. So I'll send, I'll send you that article. It'll be kind of cool just to look at the graphs and stuff. But, yeah, it, to <laughs> me, it's it's the – to understand – Pictures? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Adult. Adult coloring book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to me, it's just kind of a, a metric that when I first started wearing it, for me, it was the realizing like you could feel okay to work out, but then your body's telling you something completely different. You know, right. for like from a like a skin deep or a ner nervous system. Like you're not fine. Yeah, like you could just go that's and be like, like yeah, it's like you could be a, like you could just power through it and that's I fine. I noticed that just I definitely noticed it with drinking. If yeah, drinking is a big one. Yeah, I definitely will notice the difference next day <clears throat> and sleep. Yes, and my fucking mattress because now I have a really cheap mattress at a uh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, oh, I hate it. It's just not it's comfortable. Just literally, just like. You might as well just have a bunch of sheets and some springs, and just <laughs> you just duct tape that shit together. Like yeah, I've been really, you know, prioritizing sleep quantity or qual no sleep quality as much as possible over the last few months. It's hard. 
because there's phones and and I like shit. socializing. Yeah, and shit that needs to get done. I mean, for you, it's a whole different like conundrum because unfortunately the military has a very specific drinking culture so whenever you guys so whenever you guys go out it's you're going to drink there's not a question pretty much um though i don't go out too much especially during yeah i mean you're so busy but like yeah that that, during the weekdays it's like especially recently has been kind of a non-thing yeah well kind of recent my whole schedule has been all yeah i mean it's been you've had a weird few weeks (laughs) but regardless of that when I get back to normalcy, hopefully here pretty soon, then things will be more strict. And next semester, I think it'll be easier. I have a kind of a weird schedule this time around. It's very full. It's yeah. very full, and it's a little chaotic. Yeah. So next semester, my actual class schedules are, are a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, this is kind of like... How do I say? So I'll be waking up the same time every day. Oh, instead of having to, like, start your day at different times and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, which I could do, but the mornings are not when I'm the most productive. Yeah, I know. Pre-coffee, Joe, is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I would rather just wake up and kind of have an hour to eat and shower and, like, go to class at the same time. Yeah, where you, like, have your morning boot sequence. Right. Do you have, like, a morning routine? Is like is that, like, uh, hardwired? it's wake up, shower, eat. While I'm eating, I'm sending emails. Um, then I'll go and depending on the day, I'll either go right to Japanese or I'll go and study for a couple hours before my next Mm -hmm. course. Then after that, I go to Japanese or whatever. Because I have Japanese every day, it's just what time I have it differs. Yeah, right. That's insane, by the way. To have Japanese every day. Well, it helps because you speak the language every day. And by speak, I mean bumble around, (laughs) look like an idiot get called on when I wasn't prepared, you know? Shit like that. Still happens? Oh my God, all the fucking time. Well, I know why, it's probably because you look like you're so enthralled all the time. It's she remembers my name. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what it is. I was like paying attention, I was like, there's motherfuckers in this class that haven't ever been called on. She just called on me every single time. Like, what is this shit? <laughs> you get picked on. It's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> You have an easy name to remember. I guess. I also look older. I was like, who's this fucking 26 year old with a bunch of freshmen and shit trying to learn Japanese? Oh, is it like a, like a lower level class? It's the first. It's the oh, that's why. So you have a bunch of the younger people. Yeah. That's gotta be weird. God, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, you're telling me how some of those people had, like, Japanese in high school or whatever, too. Yeah, so. what the fuck is that about? I didn't have Japanese. We had, it, you would have taken the shit out of that. Yeah, we had Spanish, German. French. And French. I think it might have Chinese now, too. But that's that opposed to us. Sense. That's got to be a bitch. But uh, yeah, I mean, probably just as bad. I, I was asking questions about uh, Chinese mm-hmm. because I was curious of how you using kanji because kanji Japanese people use mm-hmm. but it's the Chinese alphabet oh so I'll be able to read Chinese but you can't time, speak it I won't be able to speak it hmm. which will be interesting but I was like how do you indicate with kanji past tense like because each, there's no way there is they do some weird shit that we haven't learned yet oh, okay but I was just asking about that and basically my professor my GSI the graduate student instructor was like, uh, just don't learn Chinese. <laughs> He's like, just don't even bother. Really? It's horrible. <laughs> so Chinese is harder than yeah, Japanese? Chinese is harder than Japanese. Whoa. Well, maybe. They're probably, it's probably split. Comparable, there. right? Yeah. It's because it's all using the same this, root. Right. Because it's all phonemes and you're putting your tongue in weird positions and. It's absurd. Yeah. It's, yeah, different phonemes that we don't have. 
Do we have phonemes that they don't have? Like the or, Z? I don't know if this is technically correct because there's only a handful of different phonemes and I'm not really sure. I'm not a ling linguist. Yeah. So, but anyway, so they, they have like, or we have R's and L's. Yes. But their R and their L are the same thing. That's such a crazy... It's not that, like, you hear the kind of stereotypical, like, oh, hello. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you make it sound like an R instead of an L, but yeah. it's not actually accurate. It's somewhere in between. Oh, it really? Called, like, front of the mouth R's. So it sounds more like an L, but it's an R. It's like, la, 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 la. Oh. That, I mean, I, I hear it. For sure, but it's not. It's like trying to make an R sound, but like we go back to throw like er. Yeah, like tongue moves to the back of your throat. Like I think sound. you think of the rolling of the R's in like Spanish uh, or something. Uh, yeah. You move your tip of your tongue to the back of your teeth, basically. Like la 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 la. That's weird. La la. la. Yeah. So they have like an undifferentiated L and R sound. So they, it's really strange. It's <laughs> fucking it's like, oh my God. You're like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> like, I have to really think about it. Yeah, because you have to think. How many times in your life do you think of where you place your tongue in your mouth to say something? You don't. <laughs> Consciously, you do not do that. Ever. Exactly. So Unless you are intentionally trying to do an accent. Yeah. And so that's, that's strange to me too. And like, so I've been using often, sporadically, I use Duolingo, the app to learn German. Mm -hmm. But German's like, it feels like cheating to some degree because some of the words are so close to English words. Yeah. You can just read it and you're like, oh yeah, that, that yeah, makes I can sense. Get a sense of it. Yeah, you're like, you, that makes sense. Like water is Wasser, like W-A-S-S-E-R. Yeah. -S -S -E so it's like, oh yeah, like duh. Well, I think it's the same root, right? Did They're very close. I think it so has to be American, Common ancestor. Yeah, American English is like a weird amalgamation of French, uh, German, and then Old English, whatever, mm -hmm. like Latin. Hmm. It's, it's really weird. So, like, some of our friend, like, words... And, it, they're all romantic languages. Yeah. They all come from Latin. Yeah, they all come from Latin as the base, and then they kind of split off. And then, like, as they England... They literally act like species. Yeah, <laughs> realistically. And then as, they, like, different areas or different powers took control of England or Britain, they would add words or change things here and there to move around. around or just absorb new words. Because they're all really close, right? If you just look at it geographically... And then you kind of look at like who were the more powerful countries during the time. It's like France was huge. German Germany was kind of big early on, like during the uh, Renaissance, obviously. Yeah. So it's, it's eighteen hundred Germany, got right? Fuck. Exactly. So do you kind of you could kind of trace back why the language evolved the way it did. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think the first wasn't the first public Bible in German. Yeah, that, that was uh, Martin Luther. Was he the one that did He's it? the one who said fuck you to the church and made his yeah, own his 99 theses. Yeah. Walked up to the fucking door of the church and hammered that shit to it. Yeah. Boss. <laughs> you knew what the church was doing back then. That's false. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the craziest stories, right? He's the guy who's like, hey, everyone should be able to read the Bible, not just, you know, people in the Vatican or monks or whatever. Yeah, and he realized after he read the Bible, because he was a monk, he could read the Bible. Yeah. He would read it and then noted what the church was doing. Like, People could buy tokens that would forgive them of their sins. Wait, really? Before they I didn't know how it was that bad. So you can be like, listen, I'm going to go bang a prostitute tonight. Um, I don't want God to be angry at me, so I'm going to go buy this certificate. And, uh, 
He's like, you're good, homie. You can go fuck all the workers you want. You've been forgiven. And he was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> that is bullshit. He's like, you can't do that. So he's pissed for good reason. The, 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 there's like, well, if you just give us a few gold coins. Yeah. All- <laughs> Man. Yeah, they're pretty bad. It's <laughs> not even like being... They're not, yeah, they're not even... Not even being clothes. clever about it. <laughs> but nobody else can read the Bible. Right. On land. So they, they're like, well, it's in the Bible. Just believe us. And yeah. Like, All right. I mean, it's one of those weird things in history, right? The idea of being able to read as, yes. as, as like a, you know, a status symbol. It's so, it's so archaic to us nowadays because we can read all the, all day, you know, and how many books can we buy? Like it was one of the, one of the cool things I, I, I listened to a podcast probably a year ago now, but it was, it always, it's cause it's kind of stuck with me is where he said right now, books have never been cheaper than they've ever, you know, at, at this point in history, they they've never been cheaper than they currently Capitalism are. Wins, bitch. And he's like, so there's really no reason you should like if you want to have like a, your own library, you have no reason reason not to buy any book you want because you never know if it's gonna get because there's always a point in the future where it could be harder to get a book at some point. Yeah. So like you right now because you can go to Amazon, you can type in from how millions of books and you, even old ones, right? You know, the old classics, you know, think all the ones, any of the books that people are like, where was the most impactful books? You know, Masters for Meaning, uh, Joseph Campbell's books, stuff like that, Bibles, any of those things. You can buy a copy of it and have it for whatever reason, right? And I think that's a cool thing is to kind of create your own library because it, it's like 20 bucks to have any of those books. I like them for, I, it's funny, that's why I don't really like Audible. Like, I don't use it, I, or just audiobooks in general. Yeah. It's just because I really like having a physical copy of the thing. I agree. I like the texture of reading. I like to have it on the shelf so that I can pull it off the shelf whenever I'm like, wait, what was that thing that he said? Yes. And I put like sticky notes all up. Oh, I've been doing, read. so I used to be like really like sacred about my books where I couldn't, couldn't like write in it at all or do anything. That was before I got really into nonfiction stuff. Yeah. So before that, I was like, nope book is sacred and they smell the pages and it smells amazing the, the smell of new book is like the best thing ever oh, dude, when you go to like farms and open, yeah yeah i love it i but, used to do that in the military when i go and read i would i wouldn't know what i was gonna get so i'd just get some coffee yeah at the barnes and noble and oceanside just kind of and meander around figure out something i gotta go some coffee read the back to some books i gotta go to the bookstore soon and get all all your, your guys's books for my my little tradition that i'm creating so i haven't read the last one that's okay <laughs> no i like it and you gave me what five rings Yes. Yeah. Like to me, it's it's not about whether or not the person reads it, because I think people get like we never really tr- like gave gifts ever as a group of friends, which is whatever. Like I don't yeah. I don't care. Um, it's not about that. But you I have too big a friend to probably broke that too. But I, I just always thought that because of how much I've gained from books, I thought it would be cool to kind of just share something that I think would value, like that other person would value in any way. And then it's not expensive and it pays dividends forward. Like even if you don't read it or like you see it, it still has a greater meaning than a thing mm. to some degree. Yeah. Because like even if they do read, like say they wind up reading like it. They can and, learn and, something from yeah, it. Yeah. You, you know. Teach man to fish. Right. 
It, you might do that while drinking or whatever. Yeah, but I like I, I don't know. It just it's my little thing of like paying it forward in some way because like I think more people should read. So I try to just find something that yeah, resonates. Would like yeah, just find a way for them to kind of like say maybe I could be a reader, you know. And if they don't read it, then whatever. It doesn't make me feel bad about it because yeah. I don't care. I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. When I'll get to it. I mean, it, it, I also understand too <clears throat> that like when we're in school right now, we read so much different stuff. Oh it's really hard to put it in. Like I have to read fiction right now, otherwise. It's That's too much. Last semester, forever. <laughs> well, I was also reading um, Brothers Karamazov. Yeah, I mean, you've been just reading all this crazy shit. I never shit. stopped reading ever. Well, that's good. Except for during the semester. <laughs> it's just slow. slower. Way it's slower. slower. Because, yeah. Part because I'm reading other shit. Like all these fucking research papers that I'm going through. Yeah. For this. Well, plus thing. those kind of things, too. They're so dense that. Like, you can only take in so much of the information before you're like, oh, God. Plus, there's inter- here's my thinking, is that there's there's this thing called proactive interference, mm-hmm. where the new information that you learn fucks up all the old information. So, yeah. or actually, it might be retroactive. The things where the stuff before overwrites. interfered with by the new thing. So, I had all this new info, or this old info that I learned about something, and now I'm learning all this new info about it, and the old stuff is getting all. You haven't processed it up. enough, yeah. It just gets jumbled up. The new yeah. stuff, like, it lands right on top of it, and now you can't remember the old stuff. Yeah. So, it's like, as I'm trying to learn all these new things in this class, me trying to learn one more thing from a book interferes with it. Yeah. And I'm almost like, all right, I need to focus my intellectual energy all on school yeah. so that I can. I've noticed that too. So like I'm doing my senior design project, right? I've been talking about this almost every day at this point since you've been home. And I've noticed that I can't, I can't listen to podcasts right now. Really? I can't listen to lyrical music. It's all non-lyrical, like chill steppy music or whatever. Yeah, like those those study beats. Yeah, study like, exactly. I fucking love those. It's, it's all that kind of music, and it just kind of gets relegated to like just white noisy kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where I'm not really focusing on it, but it's there, and I'm just it's just I'm just in the space. shit, you know, because like it's like where you kind of it's almost just turning into like where you you what when you become a creator of anything. You have, or you're trying to just work through something. You can't become a, you can't be a consumer at the same time, because you're trying to output your own thing. So you can't be absorbing anything else. Yeah, it's really weird. I've noticed the more I do like creative outlet things or creating something, that you you almost relegate yourself to be being a, like a non-consumer to some degree. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna focus again. It's like I really think that it's a something like <clears throat> like mental energy. Yeah, where you have a finite amount of processing power that mm-hmm. you're using in order to learn this new information or to output something that you're working on specifically. Yeah, and then you have that interference coming in from these outside things. And if you really want to focus down, you can just it's better just to cut it all out. Yeah, during that time. Now maybe maybe that's not true. You know, I think it ebbs and flows to certain degrees. This, but for me, what it helps, what helps is just focusing only on the things that I need to out to deal with the most, and that's yeah. it. And everything else just falls by the wayside, and that's fine. Like I'll pick it back up during break. Yeah, when you have more time to breathe or whatever. Right. So I, th- I think it's I think it's everything as an ebb and flow to it. Like there's certain times where I know I'm really into the gym, and then there's other times where I'm like kind of eh. I'm just going to go through the motions a little bit. And, and it happens almost in like three month cycles, it feels like, where you're kind of like, you get really motivated and you're like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing or, you know, try all this new stuff. And then it's like, okay, I've kind of got something figured out. Let's go to steady state again. Right. And then, and then it, you know, 
something else happens. I listen to a podcast or read a new book, and then all of a sudden I'm, oh, dude, I'm like re-energized, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I think that's okay. No, so yeah. long as you remain consistent, right? So especially with the gym, it's a great example. But <clears throat> especially with the gym, it's like you can be just killing it for like three months. Yeah. And then it's like, uh-oh, now I have a whole bunch of other stressful things I have to deal with that really yeah. are just more important than the gym. Like, I really do have to do better at school. Yeah. And then... That I have to do well at bench press. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sorry, but that's just <laughs> I just am going to have to shorten the amount of time I'm at the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll I'll work hard while I'm there, but my mental energy and my energy in general is just yeah. has to be put somewhere. Else. I mean, that was that was one of the things that I mm-hmm. noticed. So it was like, so this last, like I said, the last few weeks has been just crunch time for my senior design project, finishing all the electrical work that I need to do. You know, I'm wearing like three different hats. Like I'm designer. I'm like electrical designer, software designer, safety. You know, <laughs> safety engineer. All that. All these different hats I have to wear all at once, to, and then all on top of that, like make it aesthetically pleasing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. Like I woke up on Monday or something, and I was trying to like take a shower or whatever. And my brain wouldn't shut the fuck up. It was just like running through possibilities of how to do the code and just wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah. And I'm trying to like meditate or whatever in the shower in the morning, just like, you know, start off in a clear state of some sort and just, nope. Yeah. It just, just like, how, how do I solve this? How do I solve this? How do I, <laughs> it just, fuck. I can understand that. You know, and then I go to the gym and I'm trying to like do my workouts and just still yeah. back buzzing yeah. bees. I will, be <laughs> I will be at the gym and I will space out for like three minutes in between a set thinking about some bullshit that I have to do with class yeah or some other any of fuck pick one of the things I'm yeah doing and I'll be thinking about it yeah and I'm just like oh shit I'll like zone back and go wait oh hold on how long am I sitting here is this like I should have done are people waiting for this bench because I feel kind of bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah like for me the other part too is like noticing that I have it's like being is so stuck in your routine right now because everything's crunch time or at least it feels like crunch time right now so being so stuck in the routine and not being able to break out of it makes everything like deadening to some degree mm-hmm. and kind of realizing hey you've been like spinning your wheels about this for like hours and you're not going anywhere and you could say I'm just like fuck I'm stressed I need to get this done but you need to realize okay I need to back off and just go to sleep because I'm yeah. by, by being here or trying to do this and bang my head against the wall isn't going to be more productive it's just taking away from tomorrow yeah <laughs> it's been yeah, really helpful I mean, I'll have to there's time or I that's why part of that's part of the reason why I schedule pretty much everything I do out the, the day before or I've heard a lot of like performers like top performing people do stuff you like have that to, you absolutely have to like I will be like listen I'm gonna have these two hours to do Japanese stuff yeah and when those two hours are up I'm done I'm yeah moving on because listen I'll get the homework done that's fine I'll study and I'll find a good break point on that study where I can step off from it you know, yeah that solve that next problem be done with that problem then move on to something else because otherwise I'm just gonna keep going until I've run out of energy and then the re- the return on that investment is gonna be so yeah you know it's dwindling returns mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's weird too like I, I feel the same same way as like ever since I kind of gave myself the, the soft goals of like I want these certain parts of the project to be done by this day you know and then i would tell it to people at work like hey i gotta do this you know and i'll stay i'll stay there longer to make sure that happens the amount of progress i've been able to make in these last two weeks or so is 
mind blowing, right? It just, it's like crazy how much like I, how much productivity I've like squeezed out of myself, you know, and to make it. You can do an unbelievable amount. And what I'm yeah. to this is something I talked to Jordan about this once. Um, is that really success isn't something that you acquire. It's never a a goal that's achieved. That's not what success is. It's not like you make a million dollars and now you're successful. That's just, that's just wrong. That's not how it is. Yeah. You should conceive of success as a muscle. That success is this thing that you are practicing. You're practicing succeeding and then you get better and better at succeeding. And it's a... The scale of it is like... Is a changing. compounding effect. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good way of saying it. Compounding effect. And what you end up seeing is these people that are finger quotes successful are just people who have practiced succeeding for a yeah. long time and the fruits of that of their right. labors have come to I mean that's kind of like what the anecdote I've been saying from the beginning is like everyone sees all these people right the Elon Musk of the world or whatever mm-hmm. they're successful people now right but yeah but they've been grinding for 20 that's years. what I'm saying they're, they're they're like in their 40s now and they started out as a 20 something and they were f- fucking putting their forehead to the grindstone literally and yeah. figuring shit out like all the rich people in the world are old as fuck why because they it took them 40 years yeah <laughs> 40 years of busting their amp yeah and I mean I think if you think about it the other way too is like any top performing athlete if you think about how much sure they're maybe they're 20 or whatever to like to be in the NBA or whatever yeah. NFL, right? But how many, how much sacrifice did those people do to get to that level yeah. at twenty? They're freaks. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they're natural, like just gifted. They're naturally. gifted, but then they've An ungodly amount of work put into it. But they Obviously. they started doing those sports and playing sports. Period. At like five, infants, yeah. like as early as they could start doing those sports, they've been doing that, and they, you know, they didn't go to parties really. You know, they did. They had to do so much stuff to be able to, like, self-limiting in some ways, right? Not having a normal childhood to be able to be at that top level. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, to be a freak. Yeah. So like, it, for us to be like quote unquote average or whatever, and then have like a normal life, of course, it's not gonna. It's, it's gonna seem like what they did is well, why are they the, that good, right? Because it like, does because they've been murdering themselves <laughs> forever. Yeah. That's what. I, that's another thing I realized is there. I wrote. A, I think I put the. Yeah, I did write it. So the letter to Angelina. Yeah. I did was about this. People like that one a lot. Yeah, they did, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but that was about this idea that I don't believe at all that there's any. There's no stagnant state. There's no steady state. That's a fallacy. It's wrong. The yeah. only thing that exists is entropy and creation. It's one or the other. You're either making something or you're you're falling apart. Mm-hmm. That's it. And the, the closest thing to a steady state that does exist is when you are running full out and it just so happens that that is at the same pace as the world moving past you. So mm. it's like you're staying, it looks like you're moving in the same, you're staying in the same place, but you're just running you're, enough. You're moving at the same the speed, pace. yeah. That's it. That's interesting. I like that, that idea. It, the, this whole idea. So if you sit back and you decide, oh, I'm going to take a day off or I'm going to take it easy or whatever, and you just dial back five miles per hour, well, now you're, you're being left behind. Yeah. Now you're being left behind. Now the world's moving beyond where you're at. That's really you're, interesting. That's entropy. It's that state. No, that I mean, that totally makes sense, too. And that kind of feeds into what we were saying about, you know, certain at certain times in your life, certain things are going to take a backseat to some degree. You know, the balance of life, so to speak. You know, sometimes weightlifting or work, being healthy slash working out isn't going to be your number one priority, so you have to dial it back. So what does that mean? You're not progressing anymore, so yeah. you're technically getting worse 
quote unquote, but the amount of effort it takes to get back to a, a level you're progressing probably won't be as difficult unless you completely stop. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, I guess everything's just balance <laughs> at the end of the day or finding what you value, what it needs most. Balance, it's really complicated. I mean, just, I mean yeah. yeah. What do you know? The nature of reality is complicated. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the equation is never going to be, you know, X equals Y or whatever. <laughs> I think you have to be balanced as an individual. Yes. But what balance looks like in your actions, in some sense, is difficult to define. Yes. Because everyone's balance might be a little bit different. And you can be what would look like overworking, mm -hmm. but if you're well-rounded as an individual, yeah. then what you end up being able to do is not overworking, but rather you end up properly engaging of vast multiple dimensions of things that you're... Yeah, like right. multiple dimensions of so quote-unquote success. So it looks like right? you're really, really busy. You're like, oh my God, like this dude is like, you have to, like, you have your family, you have your job, yeah. you this organization you're a part of, you <laughs> do this, you do that, you do speaking engagements. What a, a well-rounded person is, is they can play those, they have those multiple hats that they can Right, and they can and put them on whenever they need they to. They have been practicing doing that balancing act for decades. Well, I think a really good example of that is The Rock. Uh, to some degree. I mean, he's definitely a high-functioning human being. Yeah, I mean, he might be a, a freakish example of it, yeah. but... And, yeah, okay, so he... Uh, does he have a... I don't know enough. He does have a family. Life. I just literally saw an Instagram post. He's a little daughter and stuff like that, so... So if he's balancing it well, then he's balancing it well. It seems like he's balancing well, but like then you hear, like, you know, he's like he's just a good dude kind of thing. When you hear from other people who've actually met him and stuff who are not, you know tabloids yeah. or whatever and when you hear stuff like that it's like strange to some degree because like when they're that kind of person who's like balling literally <laughs> i think that actually like what i think that being a good person in general actually increases your functionality and the reason for that is like a sincerity if thing if you're well let me put it this way if you don't have the weight of your moral mistakes on your shoulders mm -hmm. then you're running lighter Oh, okay. Right. So if you don't have to deal with regret and all these things and that you address the things that you know you should be addressing when you should right away. Yeah, but let, don't let them fester. Right. <laughs> deal with it right then and there. Then the mental energy that you would be wasting thinking about those things is not being wasted. It instead can be utilized to more to a higher functioning degree. I like that. To help you function better. Yeah, because you don't have to deal because you're not like when the quiet moments arise and you're you know when you're with just you yourself and your thoughts and your negative whatever it is that that takes a lot out of you. I mean, I can give this literally your body will continue to produce cortisol. Yeah. Even when you're not thinking about it. So let's say you're really stressed about something, yeah. you go and work on something else, you do a thousand different things to distract you, and maybe you think you're doing well, but guess what? Your brain is still pumping out. Your brain's still like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Literally. It doesn't, your brain doesn't forget. Your no. brain doesn't fucking forget. Your brain just sits back and just continues to pump out cortisol oh, yeah. until you figure out that fucking problem. I could, I, a hundred, like, you know, I literally just texted you like a week ago and I was like, dude, this fucking blows. Because <laughs> yeah. I was just stressed out of my goddamn mind, you know, trying to figure out these problems. And then after I like literally dealt with it for that day, you know, and talked to people, you guys or whoever I needed to talk to, I'm good. Like it was like I needed one day, kind of had a stress-induced cold of whatever the hell thing happened, which is really weird. And then, you know, dealt with it at, you know, right when it became a problem instead of, you know, relegating it to being like, I don't want to bother people or 
<laughs> or I should be able to deal with this. Like, whoa. Yeah. Right. You know, all of the same negative self-talk of like, I'm a, you know, didn't, then that trend, then that transcends into I'm a failure. This is never going to work. That blah, blah, blah. Spiral. Right. You know, it's a so, bad game. I mean, it's a ter- terrible game and it's really easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. And, and so basically my life has turned into st- seeing those negative cycles of whatever it was and being like, hey, I know what I used to would. I know what I would have done here, you know, been ashamed and not said anything about it and dealt with it in my own way. Instead, I'm like, OK, let me just tell someone that I can trust. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. You know, maybe I still feel weird for even like admitting it, right? Because yeah. no one wants to admit that we're dealing with shit. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we, we always want to just feel like we have it you, together. You feel relieved. Oh, yeah. Even small shit, I'll notice. Like, if I know I have a thousand things to do, then I'm like, fuck, I got like 12 emails to send. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. If I just send those emails, which is, it's not difficult. I mean, difficult to send one, an, email. An, an email is like one minute at a time. Right. Maybe. So I spend 12 minutes sending <laughs> fucking emails. And then I feel way better. Yeah. Because now there's that whole chunk of shit that was producing that cortisol mm-hmm. that is no longer there. Plus, it's because it's just bouncing bad. around. It's literally like just like noise. It's just like, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do these things. Little fucking ants bouncing in your yeah. head. And you're like, well, pulled I- in a thousand different directions. <laughs> yeah. It's trash. I hate that. It's garbage. It doesn't do anything. Like, that's why I think, like, that's why I asked you about your routine in the morning. Because mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yeah, mine's a little messed up now. Well, uh, yeah. But I, I think it's important, though, like, the fact that you, so, it's so easy to just, like, wake up in the morning and see, like, your phone's on the floor. And you're like, let's see if I got text messages, right? Yeah. Or, like, if I got emails. I think the best thing you can do is not look at those right away. Because it's, like, how you have your, like, initial boot sequence. If you're going to, like, put it like with bugs or you know these things that are going to slow down how you operate into your day mm-hmm. that's not going to help you yeah you know that's start just going to on the right foot yeah you're, you're, i'll you're, notice that i'll be way more productive during the day if i start off with something that i can like a handful of little things i can knock out mm-hmm. so if i'm like okay i need to talk send out an email to this person i need to look up information on this thing mm-hmm. and i need to reach out to so-and-so or whatever make this call or schedule this yeah. appointment if I can wake up, shower, do those things, like get a few things done in the day, like bang, 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 the momentum is already starting. Yeah. So the rest of the day, I'm way more productive because it's like I stepped off on the right. Yeah, it's, it's like you're starting your car properly, right? Like you want to add, you know, don't want to like floor it right away or whatever. You want to like ease into it and like yeah. put the right fuel I, mixture in. I get in. myself in the right mindset of today yeah. is a day where I'm doing things and accomplishing stuff. I'm yeah. Accomplishing stuff immediately. Yeah, that's actually, that's, that's really, that's super true too. I've heard studies done like that where it's like if you can, like the making your bed thing, right? I think that's, <laughs> I just totally remember that right now. It's like right. where if you make your bed in the morning, like you feel like you can do shit. Yeah. It's such an easy thing, right? But we don't think about it. I yeah, know. I always make my bed every morning. And yeah. I live in a studio apartment. There's no reason for me to make my bed. Yeah. I can't no one's there. <laughs> no one's gonna fucking see it. <laughs> it's but you'll see it though. I'll see it. But I mean, there's, there's real psychological benefits to that too. It's like, people who have like dirty offices or dirty workspaces mm-hmm. like cluttered where the like, papers are disorganized or whatever and if you clean it up it like directly mimics your mental state because if you clean the area you work around then your brain cleans itself up that's what i think, I think <laughs> the psyche isn't you aren't you you are the things that surround you and yourself yeah and your history and like obviously biology is part of what i mean by history, yeah right but so you are a psychological being and the state of your mind gets represented. In it's mirrored in the world around you, yeah. Right. So if you have a cluttered mind, then the world around you is cluttered. Because if 
your mind was ordered, then you would order the things around you in such a way that it, how would you say this? That it, I don't want to be repetitive here, but it's like, if you think of anything, if here, I'll give you an example, how about this? So I'm writing this research paper, right? This in-depth paper. And I have a whole bunch of things that I, a whole bunch of different uh, primary sources that I'm using. And they're all on slightly different topics. Yeah. And I was like, and I needed to order them in such a way that it would make sense. So what I did was I went through each of those things, read them all, obviously, highlighted the right things, got the gist of what I want to use this to get across. What's the point of this? What does this evidence show? Yeah. Then I took little notepads, took a little notepad, wrote down the prime thing. Like this is about attachment. Yeah, what's the main talking point right. here or, or main like, theme? Uh, attachment type as a child and how that, uh, how you can predict positive relationships as an adult because of that. Yeah. I'll write that down and I put it on top of the thing and then I ordered each of the papers by topic and then I put the topics in order of how I was going to present them in the paper. Oh, nice. So I have like one row of like three papers on this, and that'll be the first thing I address, and then four papers for the next thing, and like two That's a really the good thing. visual representation right. of and it. Each one of them has that note on there that says what I'm using it for. Yeah. And it's like, that's it. So if you have a mind that you're trying to order, you can use the, you can not only will your ordered mind reflect itself in the world, you can also use your world to help order your mind. Yeah. I think I think that's so, super true, just in general. And I'm gonna keep talking about the the senior design product because it's like front brain right for right now. And it, I've noticed the same thing happening. Like when I was like maybe a week ago, and I was like really stressed out and like didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know, just had so many things to do. And yeah. just now that I'm like you know got everything kind of squared away, and I'm I'm starting to take that next level to it, where it's like okay, here of all all the pieces work. Right now, it's about putting it together, and making it presentable. So as I'm doing this stuff, it's more therapeutic for me now because I, I've got it all working. I don't need to worry about that the, the 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 meat and potatoes of it. Now I'm just worrying about how to package it all together. And I'm like, as I'm doing that, it's it's even easier to think about it now. And so I'm just like, okay, here's this. I know this part goes there. You know, how does that go where? You know, just kind of simple simplifying the mess. You know, it's like untangling the spaghetti, so, so to speak. This is why this is. I mean, this same reason the thing this thing we're talking about is why. I mean, this is way down the road, but I would like to be able to design my own home oh. so that, or at least work with an architect and yeah. like be specific because I really want to have, especially a study space that is specifically designed to enable me to have an ordered means of researching and writing mm -hmm. and whatever. Yeah. So whatever you I want have, the room to do for you. Right. I want that room to assist me in accomplishing the thing that I want to accomplish. Yeah. So I'm going to have like a bookshelf, right? And a big desk, right? A big enough desk. You can spread I can yourself out. my papers and right. I can look at all the things. I can look at the research. I can figure it out. I like to have the physical copies of yeah. the research papers. I don't like to read that's like one of the. That's one of the things I think about a lot. Like designing a, a, a space like the home with all these rooms that have like buckets the different purposes for every room. They exist. For I I, I think about that a lot. You know, since you know, right now we're downstairs in my parents' basement, whatever. And, and this is like my little area, right? But the the idea of having a, a place where I could have segmented, right? Like it's almost like rooms for your brain. Yeah. It, to some degree, whereas like I have my workout workout stuff down here, but I know that because it's down here in this room, and this is the room I kind of relax in. 
it's a lot harder to take that leap to work out. Yeah. I have to be in a very specific mental state at home to take the leap. But if I, I know for a fact that if I made a room and it was like my workout room, say even if it was just a garage, but that's where all the workout stuff was in, I could easily just be like, I'm going to the gym. And it could just be literally going through a different doorway. You know, and I, I, I think I think about it a lot from like a psychological standpoint because it's like you need a you need that flip like that switch flip basically to be able to kind of go into different cognitive modes. Yeah, that's why I like like this is why I don't know if I'd ever have like a home gym. I think I would rather drive to the gym. I like the ritual of getting in. The- I like that too yeah. because because for me it's like you know you can drink your pre workout or do right. all these it's, different it's ritual ritual thi- ritualistic things that kind of help you like again it flip through your mind. Yeah. And, and I think that's important, and I think it's also important too. Is like the what I'd like to do is be able to segment the bedroom better, because right now I believe I, to me I have too much technology in my bedroom, with yep. like with like TVs. I'm and, make sure that my bedroom is specifically designed to play R&B music every time I walk in, <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm in the lights dim and immediately it's like, oh, I know what this room is for, and all it goes, oh, it plays that music song. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's like, what's that? What's that? Uh, Bow- time of the season? Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And the bed. Then we need. We know. We know. It'll know when you have a girl around too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll the bed the will flip. Place, it'll yeah. And, and the bed. the bed will flip around and it'll be the heart shaped bed with yeah, silk sheets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be like, Listen, this is all part of the ritual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we had to deal with it at least twice. I needed to go off on some kind of tangent. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the, for the funny part is like you're like joking. You're like you're like joking, but not really joking. <laughs> I would totally. I would. I know you would. I would absolutely do that if only for the joke. Yeah, if only just to have seen someone's face. Someone's face. I'd be like. oh Worth all the money I spent on this. <laughs> You're like, you won't, you won't even believe how much it cost me to make this happen. <laughs> it's appalling. <laughs> but people are dying somewhere because they don't have food. And I spent all this money on this, and it was worth it. <laughs> oh, please, please make that real one day. Yes, if I'm rich. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a, one of those things is kind of just thinking about. Crafting your space, you know, mm-hmm. the the idea. I don't know if, where this comes from specifically, but it's like the mind palace. Yeah, that's like that memory means it, of. Yeah, it's like a memory thing or technique. But you think of for those that don't know, you think of you you think of a palace, a home, a place, and then you imagine yourself storing the information you're trying to remember into different rooms of that palace. It's yes, a, it's a way of. Structuring memory, right? Structuring your memory so that you can be like, "What was I thinking?" And then you think about where you would have put that in the mind palace, and then you like go through where you would have had that. It's really intense visualization, yeah. though. <laughs> it's not easy, but I kind of like pictured that idea as like just a, a physical it's, home. It's a way of creating context around the thing you're trying to remember, mm-hmm. so that you can rely on the context to prime the memory. Yeah, and I mean prime technically, like you can do that in psychological studies all yeah. the time, where you'll. You'll have different words will pop up and it'll prime you to think of a new word. Yeah, right? we're literally just talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> one study I forget who did it, but which is a shame. But they basically had a series of random words that would show up, and then they would have palm show up, and then you had to think mm-hmm. of the first word that you could think of to get association after palm. Mm-hmm. And if you, in the random list of words that showed up beforehand, put 
like pine or you put coconut or something like that, the, they would think palm tree. Right. If you did fingers or if you did like nails or wrist, then they would think palm hand. Yeah. Right? Because the context that appears before it primes you to think, to make that. It's like a frame of reference. Right. Yeah. So you're, what the palace is doing is priming you to pull out that information. So you think you've associated bedroom cabinet or something. Yeah. File cabinet in the bedroom with that piece of information. You get primed using file cabinet and then bang, you remember that thing. You made that connection. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think it's, it's kind of important to to just, I don't know, it's almost like segmenting things certain to certain degrees because we kind of, I think we get lost, like I said, in our routines and things going on in daily life that you kind of need to segment certain sections and be like, I don't need to be worrying about this right now. Like you just need, you need to like put blinders on. Yeah. Some. It's like sometimes you can just put things aside and like, I know that I can fix that. I can get to it. Yeah. Be able to get to it. Like once right you can now, put your 100% of your effort into that one thing, then you'll be fine. Yeah. But where if you're like you're pulling yourself into a hundred different directions where you got like 5% of your own total usable whatever. Yeah. Then you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's kind of like what anxiety is, right? It's close to what I... You mean that... So anxiety is complicated. I know it's complicated, but I'm... It's, it, to a degree. And I don't know enough. I don't yeah, I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't know, I don't enough, know enough scientific enough, stuff right? behind it. It definitely seems to be like... I, you definitely get anxious when you have a thousand things to do. Yeah. Like you're like, you become overwhelmed, and that's certainly yes. an anxious experience. As far as a disorder goes, I'm not so sure. Yeah. More of just like anxiousness as a, yeah, as a I feeling. Really, I kind of somehow managed not to learn about anxiety. I've learned about schizophrenia. That's interesting. You'd think that that would come up. Well, it's, I think it's because, so my professor for behavioral neuroscience is kind of like a pioneer on dopamine. Oh. Dopamine is linked with parts of schizophrenia. So it, that's so, where the research kind of led so him. He, right. Well, it just makes sense that that would come up in his class. You know what I mean? Right. Because why you're going to talk about, you're going to talk about what you know, right? Dopamine you're not going to. Yeah, that's really, really cool. He like legitimately has changed the way that people think about dopamine. That's awesome. Yeah, like he's unbelievable. And that's that right there is the reason you should go to a big school if you want to. Yep, for specific science. Go, uh, the number one public research institute in the United States. Michigan is. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. For anything or just uh, for anything. psychology just as a university. Just as a university. Number one public research. That's awesome. Didn't know that. Yeah. Learned something new. I didn't that either until I saw it on a billboard. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, well, okay. And you're still like, why? How did I? Why did I get here? <laughs> like, what did I do? Like, did they read my application? I still love your description of it. Like, uh, it's like I tripped, rolled down a hill, and landed in a pot of gold. Dude, that's what it's like. It's like I was just skipping through the hills. Like, wee! And there's eight shit and hit like four different fucking trees on the way out. Oh, what the? Oh. <laughs> and then finally, and land and look up, and there's just a bunch of gold in my face. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, well, okay then. And it's working too. Like, How did this happen? You're, and it's not like you're like out of your element. No, not in not in the slightest oh, term. No, I'm kind of in my element. Yeah, it, it's cool to hear the stories that you got and like just the things you're able to be a part of right now. Oh, I know. It, Unbelievable. I'm so busy. Yeah. Like, let's see. I'll list them. Yeah. School. It'll be it'll be good wrap up too because we're right around eight thirty right now. Yeah. Cool. So, school, then, uh, the SVA Student Veterans of America, which I just got elected as secretary. 
Nice. So that's a promotion right Is there. that like the like one of the third highest so, yeah, top three? Like so it's in it's an officer, not a chair. Right, yeah. Right. So I'm a secretary for that. I was the volunteer chair, so we're in changeover now. So yeah, because like all the people doing all volunteer chair chair stuff, and will continue to until we have a replacement. Yeah. So I'll still be doing that. Um, I'm the. Because it's like the end of semester, so all the people who are graduating are getting out. Right. It's that, and it's just you know they, it's, we're in this weird turnover time. Like everyone's been elected, but we haven't switched over yet. Oh, okay. Right. I see what you're saying. So I have to learn that job. I have to learn the secretary job first. Um, so there's that. Then I'm a mentor for the Washtenaw County Veterans Treatment Court, which took me forever to say that fluently. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> whew, that was a tongue twister. Oh, Washington County Veterans Treatment Court. I think yeah. I saw your shirt with that, and I was like, that's a weird word. I was trying to Washington and talk. Yeah. That's where Ann Arbor is. <laughs> um, so I, I'm a mentor for a veteran who's in the court system. And then what else do I do? <laughs> oh, I'm the vice president for the rally club, which we started last semester. So we. Oh yeah, how's the car going? Uh, pretty cool. We we're we we're working on it. I don't know anything about cars, so I'm basically useless. I just want to drive fast. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> which I've done. Yeah, I've just you know, legally this time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do I do that? That's pretty low key, but it's really cool. And we should have. We're supposed to have a race. I think in the beginning we were going to do in November. But it, the turnaround, we want to get a few things fixed, and it was just difficult to get the Couldn't turnaround. Couldn't finish yeah. it, yeah. So we're like, and it's a really chill club, so we can just do whatever we want. Oh, you, I'm there's the no... President, and Logan's the president, so we can just be There's like, no time limit. Yeah, like, we'll yeah. just do what we do. So there's that. And then I just I just started this on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, on Tuesday, I went and did the paperwork, some of the paperwork for it, which is uh, I'm going to be a research assistant for the VA researching depression. That's awesome. I love that shit. That's pretty cool. That's so cool because now instead of us being like, I don't know, we're just talking about depression. We actually have someone who knows more about the research about depression. Tell you what I'm working on. Right. And I think that's fucking cool. Like that's what I that's what I love about being able to talk about all these different things because we have all of these different people branching out into the world of finding things. You know, and you're you're taking the baby steps into that world of understanding things at a different level. It's already getting to the point where I'm starting to re- I'm starting to build that social network. Yeah, like that professional social network. I mean, you're yeah. I'm like I'm really trying. Like I'm trying to have a guy for everything. You know what I mean? I want yeah. to be able to. If one of my buddies is like, I need. Um, I need cool photos for a wedding. Bam, I got you. Yeah, right. You got a photographer. You got a... <laughs> somebody's like, listen, I need a programmer. Or I'm like, man, I really want to make a game, but I need somebody that's made a game before. Bam. Yeah. That. That's Jen's boyfriend. Oh, really? I didn't and know that. works for Foster or something like that. That's cool. So I gotta get him on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can totally... <laughs> He's a cool guy. That's gonna be awesome. I just want to talk to anybody, you know? You like, know everyone's want, got a story. I want that... I want to have that social network that you can... Calls to, you're like, I know a dude, right? <laughs> right? I want want my friends to be able to help my friends. Yeah. Like, exactly. That's a win everywhere. It's a win win for everybody. Because everyone, everyone's like, oh, dude, this is interesting. Like, how do I do that? Like, it's cool when I, like, now that I've done this podcasting thing for a little while, I, people have asked me, and they're like, wait, you, like, how do you guys do this? Like, then they, you know, like, they ask, like, technical questions. So I'm like, how do you get started? And I'm like, you just do this, you know, get some microphones, use this website, you know. And even that, I go even easier. Like, just use your cell phone first. Because there's, like, a statistic where it's, like, I think it's, like, 70% of podcasts don't make it to episode three or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, like, crazy. 
Uh, I spent a lot of money on it, so I was like, there's no way in hell we're only doing three episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> me too <laughs> at this point. And, and, you know, I think it, a part of it too is just being consistent yeah. in, in, in general. Anything actually back that up being consistent in every in life is 90% of the battle yep. Yep. <laughs> I was talking to a psychologist about this um, recently about how it's really good or at least it seems to be a good strategy to have how would you say routinized a whole bunch of different things so that when you get into that moment where you're like I just don't have the I just don't want to do this you have it so much in your routine that you'll just go and do it anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I don't that's, like that's the, the gym. gym that's the gym it. for me, 100%. Like, fuck it, I'm still going to go. Because people are like, how do you go all the time? I'm like, just. Do I know why? Because I just, I bring, like, my bag, my gym bag, and my backpack come with me. You know, if I'm going to be working on my project now, my backpack comes with me, and my gym bag is there. It has a change of clothes. It has, like, sweatpants, a gym shirt, and shorts. So it's like, I can leave the gym with, you know, comfy sweatpants, and I don't have to worry about it. Like, it's just there. It's with me. And so even if I want to say, oh, I don't want to go today, I'm like, well, you already got your shit with you. You're going to pass the gym anyways. Don't be a bitch. Yep. <laughs> so there's your lesson for the day, folks. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. Get a routine. And hustle. hustle. Also, don't forget about fix your shit. So you set in bed is all everywhere. <laughs> and every time you succeed, dopamine will be released and reinforce the behaviors that allow you to succeed. So do that. That's why I think the working out period is such a good thing, because it's like when you when you're pushing yourself yeah. and show and you can prove to yourself that you wait. There's more in me than I thought there was. It's a lesson that can be. It's reinforced every exactly. There's so much I, I could never talk enough about work how working out has changed changed my life and perception of like the possi like the possibilities that a person can do. Mm. You know. Yeah. Like when I went to the gym, I told you about it yesterday. Where it's like I'm like yeah, I kinda, it was one of those days where just like I'm out of school early and I'm just gonna work out. And I was like there for three and a half hours, just died. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was just like you know what. Like Rogan says, it is like the conquer your inner bitch. Yep. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Today's kind of that day. Because there's like, I, I just listened to them talking about Sober October and all the crazy workouts they had did and stuff. And like, you know, it was like one of those things. There was like, you know, we all realized that, you know, by the first time, like the first hour of your workout, that little runner's high or dopamine rush that, you know, body just kind of goes into a steady state of like, yeah, you can just work out forever. I'm like, I want to know what that's like. <laughs> so I just kind of did it. And like by the, like it was true. So like by the first hour over, I was like I could have just kept going. Also, by the way, I totally forgot to eat that day, so I was fasted. You just murdered yourself. Yeah, I just murdered <laughs> myself. Like, I went to the gym and I was like on the treadmill. I was like, man, I'm hungry. And I was like, oh wait, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> really? I had like drank water and oh my god, like uh, I don't even know, maybe an energy drink of some sort. Dude, I crashed. That was it. Food. I crashed. We did. We fucking murdered. We murdered today, though. I was hungry by the end of that. Yeah. Gonna... Good. Good way to bring it all full circle there. There we go. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Leftovers. Go eat your turkey. This one will come out early. So, yay. Bye. <laughs>